1: <laughs>
2: hello and welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad?
0: I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And I'm your host, Craig Faye. And uh, today on the podcast, uh, we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Dave Atkinson, everybody.
3: Hey, hello. How's everybody doing?
0: <laughs> very good.
2: And this week we are talking about Moonraker, question <laughs> mark? <laughs> <laughs> Why, Craig? Why? we got to talk about this because yeah. I checked. I got to tell you, I you know me. I make mistakes, right? I'm out here. Yeah. I'm making mistakes daily. <laughs> um, and I checked after I watched this movie, I rechecked this like six times because I was like, he couldn't have meant this movie, clearly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Clearly so, uh, the
2: villain is not correct. So... <laughs>
0: uh, so i do i do owe our listeners an apology for this one uh uh as we'll get into uh in in this episode later uh this is a ridiculous movie uh so oh my god
3: it's the silliest goddamn thing
0: thing ever so this is if you don't know this is a james bond movie this is roger moore and this is probably the silliest and most uh absurd that james bond ever gets and that's saying something uh and so I haven't really rewatched this particular one a lot and I kind of remembered his uh the villain's plot being like we're going to wipe out humanity for ecological reasons like to save the environment and after I watched it I remembered no no that's the plot of Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. Uh, <laughs>
3: Yeah, but, no, on this one, he just wants only hot people. He's like, yes. people are too ugly. I only want hot yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he
2: gives that, like, Hitler speech, and I'm like, oh, I can't pull my oh, yeah. collar hard enough. <laughs> cannot pull my collar hard enough on this. <laughs> so,
0: but the reason I wanted to do this, and this I think will endure so, us uh, back to our audience a little bit, is, uh, and the reason that we're doing it now, is James Bond was supposed to come out uh, this week. Um, I think it's its second release date, but no time to die was supposed to come out. So we're going to do a tie in. And in addition to that, uh, Dave and I have been wanting to talk about this movie together for so long. Cause Dave is one of the only people I can talk to, uh, to about both space and James Bond. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we're doing it. Um, and, and, Anytime we have a guest, uh, Dave, we do like to ask them, what's your personal connection to this movie? What's your experience with it?
3: Yeah, um, my relationship with Moonraker is the same as my relationship as all the other Bond movies. Is they're kind of a Rosetta Stone for talking to my uh, hockey-loving dad? Um, <laughs> 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 like when I was a kid... Uh, here's a James Bond movie. Dad will sit with you for a few hours was a big deal. And, uh, and yeah. And then my relationship as I get with an adult is I, I use them as a signpost of how, um, evolved I am being in, uh, deconstructing all the colonialist horseshit that was my entire childhood and <laughs> worldview. <laughs> because the, if you revisit a Bond move and you're like, oh, this is bad, that's good. That means you've evolved. <laughs> 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 like, wait a minute, this is wrong. You should respect these people's cultures. <laughs> and that's wrong too, and that's wrong. And why is a man with a Chinese name wearing a Japanese thing, and what's going on?
0: <laughs> yeah, I will say, uh, rewatching this, I was like, oh, Ooh. James Ooh. Bond has progressed uh, since 79. Uh, oh, uh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess for those of you who haven't seen the movie, and I'm sure that's a large majority of you, uh, basically the, the plot is in, it is a James Bond movie, and uh, it, it starts off with um, the uh, Moonraker space shuttle being stolen off of the back of a 747 and, and flown away. Um, and it was presumably on loan to the British government, so they send super spy James Bond uh, to go look it up. He goes and finds uh, billionaire uh, uh, industrialist Hugo (laughs) Drax, uh, who has a big mansion in California. James Bond seduces a couple ladies, has a couple run-ins with death, um, follows a trail of clues, eventually figures out that... um, hugo drax's big plan is he's created a uh, nerve gas or a, a poison that kills humans but leaves the environment uh, unaffected and that he has built a giant space station in space where he is going to uh, uh repopulate the earth with the, with the with the people he likes which is a nice way to say it uh- <laughs> yeah
3: and as a space nerd it must be commented that uh, this movie thinks space travel is way easier than it is it does <laughs> they yeah, it are does. very willy-nilly <laughs> With how uh, hard it is to put things in outer space. Yes, uh,
0: very much so that. And uh, James Bond uh, eventually uh, succeeds, um, uh, destroys the capsules that are thing in there, and then uh, blows up the space station. And there's lots of, uh, lots of uh, a romantic encounters and death-defying things in there, all of which are super dumb, and we're going to get into those. Um, But before we get into uh, the villain of this, uh, the very much a villain of this movie, uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor for today. So thank you very much to Virtual Game Night, uh, which is this amazing thing. Literally right before we were recording this, uh, Rebecca and I got to play this game. And it is a- We got spanked. Yeah. We, <laughs> we were the bottom two. Uh, <laughs>
2: the whole network did it from superheroes, and Craig and I were the bottom two. Respectable. Respectable. Yeah, but, we're but teammates. Is, yeah, we're teammates.
0: But it is a it is a professionally produced game show that you call into over zoom and it is i have to say it is genuine despite the fact that we came in last uh, (laughs) it is uh so genuinely uh fun it's um if you're doing Zoom meetings already with your friends and they're getting a little bored, oh my god, this spices it up so much! Like don't, it like, does. Do you think- the host
2: is so I loved the host, so charming, very funny, kind of like your 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 fifth friend that you didn't know you wanted to have in the group. It's a super fun time. A lot of it's like if you, especially if you like miss trivia nights, and like I used to love going to yeah. trivia nights. Um, this is a really great setup for something that feels like an actual like event instead of just logging into something where a computer screen is popping things up for you. You actually have a person that can communicate with you is actually like commenting on your answers, laughing along with you. It's super fun.
0: Yeah. And I can't, I can't stress that enough. So I'll, I'll just repeat what Rebecca said. The difference between it being a computer and a live host, it makes it, makes it night and day. And, and the host Ollie that we had was fantastic, you know, right there with it. Um, and it's so well produced too. Like this, it makes you feel like you're in a real live game show. Like you're recording in some studio somewhere, right? With graphics and stuff like that. It looks great. It, it, the, the system they have executes flawlessly. Um, and it's great for, uh, any kind of event. I think you could do this with your friends sitting on a couch. I think you could do it with your office. Um, anything like that. Right. It was, it, it was, I gotta say a lot of fun. Some of the most fun I've ever had uh, on a zoom call. Um, so guys, if you're interested in that, if you want to book, uh, one of these, uh, for your friends, um, you can hit us up or hit them up, uh, at a very special link, uh, virtual slash villain. That will take you there. And if you use the promo code villain 20, uh, you can get 20% off.
2: That yeah, was so fun, and even if you're not good at trivia, like they have like emoji rounds and shit, which was great. Yeah, <laughs> that's where and- that's where I'm shining. You know what I mean? That's where I'm shining. Yeah, Word absolutely. association. That's what I need.
0: <laughs> if you want to turn your next virtual gathering into a virtual game night, visit virtualgamenight.live/slash. Villain And book your completely free one-to-one demo and consultation. And when you're ready to book, take 20% off the price of any game night package with code VILLAIN20. Uh, Join over 100 other groups who have listened, uh, livened up their Zoom calls this year by making your next virtual event a virtual game night at virtualgamenight.live slash VILLAIN. And enter code VILLAIN20 to take 20% off the price of any game package. So thank you very much uh, to our sponsor uh, on this week's episode of Virtual Game Night. Make sure you check them out. And now it is on to our villain of Moonraker. Uh, I don't know, guys. Who did you clock as a villain of
2: Moonraker? Oh. I don't know. Probably the guy that fed a woman to dogs. Maybe yeah. maybe that was the villain. And as yeah. soon as that happened, I was like, Craig, what's going on? Why are we – what What are we doing? Does, does this scene, guy got a great point coming?
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> that
3: scene is so crazy because the entire movie – turns into a different movie for just that scene? Yes, the absolutely. The cinematography changes, <laughs> the music changes. It's just suddenly a Ramsey Bolton thing going on immediately, yeah. and then it cuts right back to the Bond movie we were watching where, you know, Auntie Roger Moore goes <laughs> goes on visits and has tea.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, it's such a different tone and like oh my god, to that point, that dog like sicking the dogs on the girl who betrayed um betrayed him, I was like, maybe I, that was the point where I'm like, maybe I misremembered this movie. And I I, did, listener, I did.
3: (laughs) I think what happened, all of the Roger Moore Bond movies blend together. um, Yeah. Like, and they fall out of your head as soon as you watch them. Like, for example, the song from this one, can uh, Moonraker, by sung by Shirley Bassey, can either of you think of a single musical line or lyric except for the word Moonraker?
0: No, actually, and uh, to that point, I kept singing it like the Goldfinger song. I was like, yeah. Moonraker, <laughs> the man <laughs> with the goodness. I was like, that's not it. <laughs> Try again, Moonraker.
3: <laughs> yeah, because there's, I think, like two other roger moore bond movies where the plot is i'm going to kill all humanity and replace them with these six people oh like that happens several times by several different villains it does so and that
0: speaks i'm so glad you brought that point up because that speaks to one other reason that this movie is so ridiculous which is there is a finite number of james bond plots i've actually created a chart on my computer here we can go over <laughs> it a little later if we want to um But this one is hijack spaceships to destroy humanity, basically, right? Yeah. And they there's so few, and this movie literally ripped off the plot of the previous James Bond movie like two years ago. The spy (laughs) this this follows the spy who loved me. The spy who loved me is we're going to hijack submarines to start a world. Uh, start a world war so we can repopulate the earth. Like it's, it is a beat for beat remake of the previous James Bond movie just with spaceships instead of submarines. And it is insanity uh, (laughs) that they got away with that. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, I think it has a lot to do with how they made James Bond movies. And th- like there's a lot of context that helps understanding what the hell this is by <laughs> knowing who made these movies. Um, the James Bond movies, the Eon James Bond movies, the official ones starting with Dr. No, were made by a producing team of Cubby Broccoli, which is a man's name. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not, not in, something in a frozen food the aisle. man's
1: name, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you need a little cubby fiber broccoli. in your diet? Try Cubby Broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> cubby Broccoli. We care and only use organic ingredients.
3: <laughs> yeah, so Cubby Broccoli and Harry Saltzman, who made the first one and made a shitload of money and then just kind of kept printing money and their understanding of what people liked about james bond was cool stunts cool locations who cares about plot we'll just keep reusing the f- plots from however many crap novels ian fleming wrote so like wh- when you realize that you're like oh right they did a skydiving stunt on this at the opening <laughs> yeah that's tom cruise level madness
0: <laughs> yeah so the parachute and that's the other thing not only it does this movie rip off the plot and the the plot beats, but some of the like action sequences, like they they started The Spy Who Loved Me with a parachute stunt. They started yeah. Moonraker with a parachute stunt. I was just like, you're not. <laughs> and <laughs> it's because, through, man, a little it's variety. Because,
3: it's because Harry and Cubby knew a skydiving guy. <laughs>
1: It was oh my like they God. know this guy
3: named Bob who's wicked good at skydiving, so we'll put <laughs> that in the movie. And also, I was at a hotel in Rio, so fuck it, Rio. Let's do Rio.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like it's they, that simple. They even recycled the henchman from the previous movie, Jaws. Uh, who, if you ever played the N sixty four game, is the big guy who's tough to kill with the metal mouth. Mm-hmm. Originally a henchman in the Spy I Love Me, makes a return in Moonraker because he was so <laughs> popular. Like it's just, it's it's ridiculous.
3: Yeah. Um, also, um, he. <laughs> this movie uh i think one of the things that one of the head canons you can do to make this movie a lot more fun is it is a cartoon and everyone in yeah. it knows they are in a bond movie cartoon yeah. <laughs> everyone is fully aware like i'm pretty sure drax knows he's going to fail <laughs> and like knows his job because in most movies, the the in most Bond movies, when they invite James Bond in, they, at least for a moment, try to maintain the pretense that they are innocent. In this one, the first time Drax meets James Bond and is playing the piano in his weird palace, um, as soon as James Bond leaves the room after their very first encounter, he's like, kill him. Kill him immediately.
0: Yeah, actually, <laughs> well, a really, a really great and memorable line. Which, like, I you know, the rest of this movie is ridiculous, but I'll give it credit for this one. Is uh, uh, see to Mister Bond uh, or uh, make sure some harm comes to him? Like, it's just <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> dude.
2: Yeah. There are so many points in this movie that genuinely made me. Laugh the fuck out loud. <laughs> there, and I, and I, I'm going to give you my top three. My top three favorite moments in this movie. Thoroughly enjoyed watching it, by the way. Like, if you watch this with the point of this is cheesy bad in it, like, it's so delicious. It's very good. Um, so I'm going to say uh, number three, I've got the... Uh, Laser beam fight with the untethered astronauts. That is so fun. Like I laughed for five minutes. That was so funny. Just out, just launches them out. Nobody's got a straight, you know what I mean? Nobody's tethered to anything. We're just floating through space, shooting laser beams at each other. Fucking hilarious. Um, number two is going to be the gondola that turns into a parade float. Hilarious. Hovercraft gondola. Yeah, so fucking funny oh my god just yeah just into a parade float love it and then i'm gonna uh i would say my number one moment where i was like she did not just say that was when a woman that two scenes before had flown a helicopter claims as a come on i never learned how to read (laughs) a come on before sex that's the last thing she says to him I never learned how to read Uh, (laughs) so funny so fucking funny man I laugh for like 10 minutes um, <laughs> I can't read helicopter pilot. Yeah, that's fine, but I can't. Yeah, that's cool. That's chill. So good.
0: Uh, um, my my moment, and I forgot this was in this movie whatsoever, uh, happens during the gondola-turned-hovercraft scene, which, uh, as a quick aside, previous James Bond movies and subsequent James Bond movies would at least do you the decency of introducing these crazy vehicles that could do sorts of things, like Q would show up and be like, "Here's a boat that can turn into an airplane." I don't know why we have it here, but it might come in handy, lady, later. Uh, this one is just like, yeah, his vehicles turn into things, never explained whatsoever. Yeah, and yeah, then they
3: never say. Apparently, this is just the House MI6 gondola, where it's yeah. like, yeah, put some missiles and a hovercraft on that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's, it's fine. Uh, and then during. <laughs> The point at which the gondola turns into a hovercraft. There is a scene, a brief shot, blink and you'll miss it, where a pigeon does a double take.
3: (laughs) In between, like, a guy doing a painting that gets his easel taken away and a guy throwing away a bottle of wine and a dog, just a dog,
0: a shot of a dog, like, oh, like that's... This is where the movie technology was at the point where the only way they could get the uh, a pigeon to do a double take is to have a pigeon look one way once and then reverse the footage back to where it was and then play it forward again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so obvious that's how they did it. Oh, so funny. Yeah, uh,
3: no, this movie and a lot of Bond movies constantly undercut How amazing their stunts and stuff is because they had what looks like a hovercraft gondola driving through actual Venice, yeah, which is crazy. And then they completely undercut it by having like clown music playing underneath (laughs) it. Just like they've done this so much, like what, like in The Man with the Golden Gun, they flip a car 360 over a river, they do this amazing stunt and they play a slide whistle over it. (laughs) Like a man has almost died for your entertainment. They have just pissed in God's face with how crazy this stunt is, and yet they're like, no, nah, too serious." Whoop. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, completely-
0: and in that vein, like the we we mentioned the opening uh, parachute stunt. So James Bond jumps out of a plane without a parachute. He catches up to a guy with a parachute, wrestles it off of him, and then and then puts it on. Which, like, for today's standards, you're like, fine. Uh, whatever Yeah, but no with, green screen feel jaded
3: when yeah. you realize like oh they had to jump out of a plane like 88 times and do all of these things for real and i was legit like eh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah yeah like there there is a man who at least had a parachute under a suit jacket yeah uh, falling with no parachute quote-unquote but that stuntman still probably had to take his jacket off To launch his parachute, like that's there's danger there, you know. Like this is a real stunt that they did. It's no, yeah.
3: And apparently the uh, the parachute they were fighting over is a fake parachute. So when they finished the shots, they had to take Uh, the fake parachute off, take their jackets off, pull their real shoots, and then start it over again. And they did like (sighs) eighty jumps. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Also, uh, one of the things like these shots are common now because you can make a camera that weighs like five pounds. But they had to do oh, this yeah. with the cameraman with a film camera strapped to his head,
1: and they had to modify. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
3: The, they had to modify how fast the uh, the parachute opens because if it had opened at regular speed, the weight of the camera would have snapped the cameraman's neck. <laughs> like they worked very hard on complete on this crazy scene which again they completely undermine with circus music at the end
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> which also I'm, lets us know that jaws is invincible and that's just true
0: yeah oh yeah jaws <laughs> yeah. falls out of the plane and he's flapping and he falls into uh falls into the the circus and i was like oh is this the one where uh roger moore dresses up like a clown and it wasn't no nope, that's r- octopussy the, but <laughs> There are so many clown references in Roger Moore, James Bond movies. It's unbelievable. Like you're like, it, they knew he was a clown, I guess. Yeah. That is the point. Um,
2: yeah. I love when they like, Jaws is just like launching into space, like with his lady. And they're like, yeah, he'll be fine. I'm like, I don't <laughs> think, I don't think he's going to be fine though. Yeah, no. <laughs> like they're like, Hey, can you help us get to earth? fuck you guys. <laughs> like Jesus so Christ. Like, let him in. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> I couldn't believe that scene. I was like, let them on board. He changed sides, let him and his woman on or something. They are like, no, you know what? Could you just save our lives, please? So no, crazy. will be
3: fine. He's just going to we'll reenter the atmosphere in <laughs> a space station thing, which for sure is not designed for that. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, reentry entry is, is, is usually the hard part uh, with space. Uh, uh, I don't know yeah. if you know that. Uh, <laughs> a little hot. Um, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, it's only 100 kilometers down. You're like, come on.
3: <laughs> yeah, space. You're in space.
0: Yeah. D- down guess- is a much different direction than across. Like, oh, yeah. You can walk to a gas station 100 kilometers away. You can't fall 100 kilometers uh sorry Rebecca what were you saying oh I was
2: gonna say like okay there's no way we can argue for the villain but I don't find James Bond a good good guy okay (laughs) can we talk about how how I don't know why and it seems to be his superpower but he can only interrogate people if his dick's hard have you noticed that have you noticed that He, he can't get it done unless he is thoroughly aroused I'm like why you could have had this conversation and then started fucking but it seems like you got to entangle the two it's the only way this works for you
3: (laughs) yeah sex addiction i think is like a comical sex addiction where it's very inconvenient to his stated goals to constantly be having sex
0: (laughs) it's so egregious in this movie too where it's like they don't they don't bother with the lead up of like, oh, James Bond is attractive and like mysterious. And that's why women fall in love with him. It's like it's just he shows up and is like, hey, I'm so irresistible. You're just immediately going to tell me all your secrets, like just by showing up in my room. And I'm like, uh. have have a little defense against the guy right like
2: breaks into every woman's room he never arrives invited he has not been invited once in this movie he shows up like some sort of fucking i don't know boner ghost into these ladies rooms it's it is not right it is not correct
3: no uh, yeah weird reverse boner vampire
2: Uh. (laughs) yes (laughs) And yeah, that's the one. Reverse Boner Vampire is it.
0: <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, Rebecca, I need I need a woman's view on this. Mm. Roger Moore is not so attractive. That you can't resist him, right?
2: Here's Okay, here's the thing, is that, um, firstly, I don't think that applies to anyone on the planet, okay? That's okay. just not <laughs> a, consent no is for it. everyone. Yeah, consent <laughs> is for everyone, no matter how good-looking you are, absolutely. Yes, yes okay, sorry, I wasn't uh, but, saying that. No, 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 I know you weren't saying that. I'm sorry. Um, but... I will say this. I think it's because this is such a different time period from what I've experienced. Like, I, like while I was watching this movie, my partner was like, oh, my grandmother used to find this man irresistible. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just think I can't judge it because of, you know, when I've grown up, what I've grown up in, what, you know, my generation finds attractive. I think the boat, is, I, I've missed the boat on that. So it's too hard for me to tell if this man is attractive.
3: Yeah, I think it's analogous to the clothes, too, because at the clothes at the time were the height of fashion, and everything he wears is just garbage. Like the <laughs> the crazy the security guard suit, or he's got like a, a blue blazer with like gray trousers. Um, in the gun barrel sequence, he has flared pants on his tuxedo. Yeah, <laughs> big wide bell bottom pants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like,
3: you know the ones that are lasted. great
2: for running you know what i mean when you want to do an activity you just want to have as much fabric on you as possible <laughs> billowy spy pants yes yeah
0: they they do not build these movies to be timeless i will say that like, <laughs> oh no oh
3: no um also this movie the only the, the it wasn't the plan to make moonraker next um yeah but because star wars happened in 77 harry
0: and cubby were like all right space fuck it let's go space lasers (laughs) uh untethered astronauts yeah and and yeah because they had originally intended to make uh 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 which one oh um Uh, for your eyes Only? only yeah yeah which is like a legitimate grounded spy thriller like it's just like get the code like get the get the get the device
3: yeah do the secret thing for secrets, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was saying before, like, there's there's only a, a very few James Bond plots, uh, two of which involve creating a satellite out of diamond. That happened more than once. Uh, <laughs> but right, also right down at the bottom, uh, you don't believe me, diamonds are forever and die another day. They both feature very prominently. But also down at the bottom of plots that they have reused, it's actual spy stuff. The only two movies I could think of that involved actual spy work, like getting codes and things like that are from Russia with love and uh for your eyes only those are the only two i could think of i don't know yeah. if i'm misremembering but like james bond spy movies that don't spy is basically what james bond is
3: yeah yeah and and also like james bond is not a spy uh there's a a, a running gag that's been done forever about how james bond is on the cover of spy magazine every week He's the most- <laughs> public spy that's ever been where like everywhere everywhere he comes in, he's like, hello, I'm James Bond and everyone's like, oh, the well-known super spy? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Richmond, kill him! Like It's immediate. He's famous. It makes no sense.
0: Yeah, so in in that sense, I guess um, you can't really fault Drax for being like, kill him immediately uh, as soon as he shows up.
3: But while still following the weird rules of you can't just hit him with a rock. That's not allowed. You have to (laughs) Yeah. in a very contrived way, murder him in sneaky fashion for no reason other than, like, honor, I guess.
2: Yeah. What also cre- freaks me out is that, especially that whole front-end scene where they're, uh, they're at his spot, um, he, he gets in harm's way a few times and still doesn't decide to leave or say anything or take this guy out that's clearly, like, you know, uh, putting assassins on him. He's just like, well just shot a man out of a tree time to leave. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what? Maybe uh, there should be some more follow up here.
0: <laughs> I, I wrote that down and said, killed man time to leave country. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Cause what, what happens in that scene is Hugo Drax asks Bond to like go pheasant hunting with him. And what yeah. if Hugo well, Drax is hunting is, is a <laughs> bit,
3: uh, pheasant firing squad. Um, yeah.
0: and all the other hunters hide up in the tree to shoot James Bond, which, like, you know, okay, fair enough. That's a trap. And then James Bond just like tries to shoot a fence, a pheasant, and like Hugo's like. You missed Mr. Bond. And he's like, did I? And then a man falls out of a tree, which actually is very James Bond. Like, it's it's very cool. But, yeah. yeah. Then why didn't you stop him afterwards?
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make for a long movie. But I, but I would have been like, well, time to investigate you, I guess. The man yeah. I'm standing beside that wanted me to go hunting with him.
3: Yeah. That's Drax. Drax there is just like, No. All right, yeah. <laughs> I'll try again.
2: Yeah. i like, no, like, you're there's... still...
3: Like, James Bond hands him the gun back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, here's the gun. I will just walk away from you with my back to you while you're holding a gun. That's, spy-, that's,
0: that's spy 101. That's what they cover when you first become a double-O agent is always hand a loaded gun back to the person who's trying to kill you. Yeah. That is rule number one. <laughs> Gotta do that. Um,
3: oh, my God. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, Venice. I, I we need to get to some of the Venice stuff because yeah. that, as a scientist, <laughs> the lab safety procedures there are pretty,
0: pretty lax. Uh, yeah. So, so, so <laughs> yeah. you're talking about when he discovers the 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 chemical warfare facility, right?
3: Yes. Um. Yeah. With the uh, <laughs> the like. Okay. He goes in. He looks around and he's like, huh, what the hell is this? And then he takes a vial of nerve gas and puts it in his pocket. Um. And. <laughs> And then he goes into another room. The scientists come back, knock over the shit he's been fucking with and are immediately dead. He just whoopsie-dups murders two people. And his reaction is, hmm. And that's, that's
0: it. And, that's and I, it. Will, I will say this. At this point in the movie, uh, James Bond has yet to confirm that there is an evil plot, right? He, yeah. he does not know what it's up to. So as far as he knows, he has broken into a a lab at drax industries which is a huge conglomerate doing lots of different things um space being one of them um and disturbed a laboratory uh and caused two lab workers to die yeah that is they could be working on any number of legitimate toxic or harmful substances you know yeah, what I mean? It didn't uh, have to
3: be nerve gas. It could have been accidentally toxic to humans. Exactly. Like, no, this is a this is a special cleaner for rocket engines
0: or whatever. Like, yes. Actually, you do you know what is really toxic to people? Uh uh rocket fuel. Hydrazine yeah. is like so fucking toxic. They're like, it's instant cancer if you get if you get even a little bit of it. That's why, like, remember when the space shuttle used to uh, land and like they'd be like, the astronauts can't come out yet. They, they got to stay in there for a bit, and guys in, like, literal spacesuits would come out and, like, hose down the space shuttle and, like, go over it inch by inch. That's because the fuel for their, like, attitude control is so fucking toxic to people that, like, if they opened the door and some of it got in, the astronauts would die. Like, yeah. that's...
3: <laughs> well, isn't hydrazine two separate chemicals that, when mixed together burst into flame even in the vacuum of
0: space yes like they're self-igniting yes that's that's why they use it right because you don't need a spark you don't need anything you just mix these two things and they blow up uh but uh safety yeah but also causes crazy like short-term and long-term health effects like it's it's nasty nasty stuff so what i'm saying is there's legitimate reasons to be playing with toxic chemicals in a lab and james bond's just like whoops
2: Well, you know what else is kind of a mind warp for me on this is that now, obviously, at the end, we very much know the villain is the villain. okay, and we know that we should stop this man. But we walk through this, this this scientific lab, and this thing kills people. Every time they walk through their scientific lab, all it is is creating things that kill people. This 007, like, all they do is they're like, okay, so this is going to kill a man in 30 seconds. Here's this gun that will also kill a man really quickly. And it's like, <laughs> okay, if you have the technology to design all of these things does, has no one come up with a stun gun yet? Have we not made... Why is everything to kill? Why is everything for these quote-unquote good guys to kill every person around
0: them? Yeah, and to that point, uh, James Bond's little gadget in this, which is the wrist-operated uh, like dart gun that you you wear... Uh, yeah, the
3: web-slinger Q, death thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, but Q's like, it fires darts, and you're like, okay... It's like one is cyanide and it'll kill a man in 30 seconds. I'm like, you're a spy. I understand how you might want to want that. I assume the tranquilizer dart is coming next. And then he's like, this dart is armor piercing. And you're
3: like, what? <laughs> if the person you want to murder is behind some kind of wall, well, there you go. Murder is a given.
0: <laughs> you have a license to kill. It. It really reduces lawsuits if we don't leave people injured, you know. so a yeah. it's,
3: uh, it's, uh... <laughs> License to kill, hammer. Every problem is a nail. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, but, um, uh, the other thing I love about Venice is uh, Chekhov's uh, glass museum. Oh! <laughs> if you introduce a glass museum in the first act, two guys fighting have to break everything in it to powder by the end. <laughs>
0: Uh, That's a perfect way to put that. Yeah, because I wrote that down too. It's like, they sure are making a point of uh, making sure the audience knows exactly how priceless each and every single one of these is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, A
3: tour guide lady walks around like, this one is worth $50 million. This is a priceless artifact from royalty. It sure would be bad if someone went through here like a bull in
2: a china shop. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I'm like, somebody in that pitch meeting was like, okay. Bull in a china shop. That's it. That's the idea. Shut it down. And we're good.
3: Yeah. And grain of salt, but IMDB trivia says that's the most candy glass ever made for a single production. No. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, James Bond comes out of breaking an entire glass museum with no cuts whatsoever. And I'm like, no, no,
0: no, <laughs> no, not at all. Like, no. Like I got like,
3: several cuts when I broke a bowl a couple of weeks ago.
0: <laughs> and, and the whole time he has a glass vial of, uh, deadly nerve toxin in his pocket while he's yeah. going through this fight but like yeah if daniel craig did this fight they'd he'd be picking up pieces of broken glass in his bare hands and whipping them at the guy's eyes you know what i yeah. mean like that's how brutal it would be uh if they remade a glass fight scene uh in today's james bond and this one's just like well my tux got a little out of sight. Like it's got a, got a <laughs> prim and proper got to square this tie away.
3: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No, the, the, the whole, the whole glass museum thing is so much. And also that whole, that whole henchman fight is very funny because he kills the henchman by throwing him into a timpani naturally. Um, and, but then later on Drax is on the phone with like, Oh, and I need someone to replace Chang or my henchman. Oh, if he's available, meaning it implies the existence of like henchmen's R-Us, the placement
1: agency. (laughs) Where where it's like
3: some some agent has a Facebook like, well, Jaws actually just got off a job. If you want, Jaws has a gap in his schedule if you want to use him.
0: (laughs) You're absolutely right. I, I forgot that. Uh yeah, but you're he's absolutely on the right phone it, Im- it implies and the ex- henchmen. <laughs> it implies the existence of like uh, yeah a henchman for higher service and i guess we shouldn't be surprised cuz like this is the univ- this is the world of specter you know the actual evil organization that's behind everything but yeah oh god that's so funny um, <laughs> another thing i did want to touch on is uh, the 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 balls of the mansplaining that James Bond does too. to a, oh. to a
3: fucking astronaut, to an astronaut oh.
0: explaining space to an astronaut. First of all, I don't think we've said her name yet on the podcast, so let me just introduce you to trained NASA astronaut Holly Goodhead, oh. Doctor
3: Holly <laughs> Goodhead. Goodhead. I'm sorry. Thank
0: you, <laughs> I, Rebecca. Like, what, How did you feel watching that scene?
2: I just kept telling myself, I'm like, this This is just on par for the rest of the film. You know what I mean? You just got to put on, wh- when did this come out?
0: Uh, 79
2: yeah. You got to put on your seventies glasses for this movie. You got to laugh at it. That's the important part: is just to laugh at it and go okay. Yeah,
3: Bond is over the top misogynist, where it's a little bit silly. It's um, it's
2: cartoony. It is like you said off woman. the top. It's it, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because we enter into an area area where I'm like, we this is not serious. We we cannot take this serious because it is fundamentally not serious. Yeah. You know, know what I mean? Like you have a whole scene where like like all of the music. Music cues in this movie indicate that we cannot take any of this dialogue for what it is. (laughs) Yeah. It's hilarious. The timing, the 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 way they unload lines sometimes. Like the fact that 007 is at no point ever urgent in this film—not once—he's about to get lit up with with like rocket fuel, and he has time to make a joke as he's like bombing the vent open. I'm like, buddy, we got—they're counting down, like they're counting, We don't need a line. Say he it in the even, vent. Yeah, Say he, it in the vent. He never even <laughs> jogs. He only no, walks. He only <laughs> walks. There is no urgency to this film ever. He's like when they're in a pod, okay when they're in the i can't remember what those are like uh sky pods whatever those are called i'm not oh, ai
0: uh, t- like a sky tram. yeah what a, yeah is that a gondola too <laughs> I think that's a gondola. I wanted to
2: call it one, and I was like, "Is there? So, a, I don't know." Anyway, so two different there...
0: gondola fights in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two different gondolas, but two Both different kinds. gondola fights. So, yeah. so they're in this river gondola, this,
2: this sky gondola, and 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 Bond's like, "You know what would be safer if we got on top of this, untethered?" <laughs> that so that would be so crazy. <laughs> I was like, better "No, than in. no, better in, better <laughs> yes, in, way better in." And he's so casual, and like even the fight scenes seems. Slow. They're like, oh well, just gonna gear up for a punch for a couple of seconds here. You know what I mean? Too,
0: it's too just all over the place. <laughs> I think the reason why the fight seems seemed so slow was probably because those were two actual stuntmen up on top of a gondola above the ground, being like, if we fuck this up, we're dead. <laughs> yeah. <With no laughs> so we're going to take our time throwing a punch, making sure no one's center of gravity gets thrown off, making sure we don't rock this boat uh, or sky boat, <laughs> sky gondola, if you will. Uh, that's why I think it's fine, but you're absolutely right. And also, I will say Jaws has picked the hardest ways to possibly kill somebody.
1: So, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so right off the top... Pre- Presumably Jaws was in that airplane the whole time that James Bond was in there. Where was he hiding? He's enormous. (laughs) Never, (laughs) never came out to just fucking kill the guy. Uh, Second of all, uh, oh, the first time we're sort of introduced to him is he's in that clown head or whatever. Uh, oh that's creepy
3: they, it is I will creepy say, mm. and he, pulled,
0: he pulls that clown head off and you're, I, I like paused it I was like that's my 2020 energy right there <laughs> just this giant in a clown head just <laughs> hair all like messed up just like not having a good time uh, and somehow the strongest man in the world gets like pushed away by a crowd of like 10 people. doesn't make their, sense. Their and party then, was too so hard. He weird. could not and resist try- the party.
2: <laughs> yeah. And he tries to bite her neck. Is anybody like that? Oh, was so, Oh my God. I
0: can't. That's that's his like thing though. Like, that's Oh no, his. but that's
2: crazy. That, that is so crazy. That's another level. You know what I mean? Biting someone's neck. Jaws oh. thing
3: doesn't make any sense because human jaws are, are not in a good weapon. They don't open very far at all. <laughs> you you can't really hurt someone. So every time he's threatening someone with his main weapon, it's just a shot of this Richard Keel man who seems like a very nice man, actually. Yeah, he going, does. Yeah. going, ah, like that's... <laughs> Like he's about to gum you like, ah, like he's trying to but, eat a burger. That's too big. Like, and he ah. can't quite
0: open his mouth wide because of the size of those metal prosthetic teeth that he's wearing. Yeah. So it's like they open like three quarters of an inch. You're like, that's kind of scary. Also, nah.
2: did anybody clock how barely phased that woman was after that? She's like, well, a man just tried to bite my neck off. Uh, do you want to go to the next spot? <laughs> like, Yeah. She
1: yeah.
0: Was, Manuela and was, is and Mom's real like, chill. no, no,
2: we should, we should get you into bed where you're going to be more comfortable. Comfortable, <laughs> like I can't.
0: <sighs> I lost track of the women in this movie because, like, oh, uh, the absolute... poor women. Yeah. Uh, Although, like, I, yeah. it, it is Dufour, um, Manuela.
2: So... <laughs> insane how every woman is such a hard te- like a 70s 10, like a seventies 10. Like it's yeah. too, it's too much at a moment. I'm like, can we get a unique looking lady up here? Somebody that's attractive, but with a little bit of something, you know what I mean? Where you're like, Oh, that's kind of a weird tooth, but you're hot.
0: Yeah. Well, there was the one where he finally gets to like the Moonraker base. Uh, and there's just all the hot women sitting around. Uh, and I paused and I was like, one of those looks so familiar. And I paused it and, uh, it, it. Uh, I realized it reminded me of not an actress. It reminded me of Scarlett Johansson, but not Scarlett Johansson. It reminded me of Kate McKinnon doing Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> 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 like if Kate McKinnon had to dress up as Scarlett Johansson for SNL, that's what this woman would be. And I was just like, that's a weird, weird vibe to get off of this. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jaws yeah. P- picks the hardest ways to kill people.
3: Oh yeah, and also he's. Uh, but he's a real. <laughs> like he's a real journeyman a henchman in in a real fun way and what's weird is there's a kind of like congenial uh uh camaraderie between him and bond where like they see each other like oh hey all right are we working <laughs> are we working together today all right okay so you try to kill me and i'll try to kill you and then all right cool and uh, we'll, we'll go both and be fine by the after. end of the day yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems so like yeah, and uh, and James Bond's description of it's like, do you uh, Holly Goodhead when they're on the gondola is like, do you know him? And he's like, not socially. <laughs> yeah.
0: We've tried to kill each other a few times,
3: <laughs> but that implies that like sometimes he does know them socially. Like they meet at the Bridge Club, and it's like, oh, okay,
1: well, uh. yeah.
0: you know, there's the, there's the annual MI6 uh, Spectre mixer, mixer, you know, where we all just like. Put our things aside. It's like, guys, I know we're usually on the other side, but like, you know, Jaws meet James Bond and like all the rest. <laughs> it's like, oh, double double O seven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I worked with uh, I worked with the last guy who had that number. Uh, the, the Scottish guy, I believe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Dave, can we talk space for a minute?
3: Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay, one. I find it uh, amazing. How close they got to what actual space shuttles look like, because this movie was produced when there weren't space shuttles. There was only the Enterprise, the gliding tester that they used to test landing and
0: approach. Yeah, so this movie came out seventy nine, and first space shuttle flight Columbia was eighty one, as I think. Yeah,
3: whatever. Yeah, so the, the the model people had to guess, like they had to just. All right. Well, I hope they don't change the plans. So, based on old designs, they had to, and all the space shuttles look exactly like space shuttles. Yeah, they do. Like actually, they,
0: it's pretty un- uncanny.
3: Yeah, I mean, they, they got it all down pat. But um, yeah, in terms of space science things, my nerd brain kept going off constantly in very nitpicky, <laughs> annoying ways. Like, one, why did they? Why were they transporting the moonraker full? Why would you put gas in it? Why would it have <laughs> gas in it?
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, because apparently you're just able to light rocket engines uh, on the back of a 747. Like, that seems like it's a recipe for disaster. Um, One,
3: the gas weighs a lot. It would surely be much easier to empty the gas and fly it empty. Why are you doing this? This makes no sense.
0: (laughs) Hey, I got some rocks that I need transported across the Atlantic Ocean. Can we just throw them in the cargo bay of the space shuttle while you're flying this? (laughs) Like this. Uh,
3: Yeah, that and also when they start launching space shuttles 30 seconds apart.
0: Yes. I mean, in theory, you could do that. That's not uh, terrible. You know, the thing that got me about uh, the space shuttle, though, is uh, when they launch it off the back of that 747, they just fly it like an airplane away. And this is so nitpicky. And I know the producers didn't care about this. Uh, But the engines of the space shuttle are actually tilted to be off center because the main engines only fire when it has the external tank attached to it. Uh, So if you lit them when there was no tank on it, the space shuttle would literally just go into a spin like it would just flip end over end like because <laughs> the tank moves the center of gravity so far out and you need the center of thrust to be through that center of gravity uh that it's offset uh so uh they they couldn't do that i know that's such a yeah. in a no. movie where a pigeon does a double take and i'm like center of thrust and center of gravity you fucks
1: <laughs>
3: yeah what did nobody to tell- I had to tell my own brain to shut up so many times with space stuff in this movie. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, it's ridiculous. How did they go back up after they were almost all the way re entered through the atmosphere? You yeah. can't just go back up. Yes. And, and then can't. I had to be like, shut up. Uh, the, the, there's literally a, a, an island with a snake murder pit. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah.
0: The other thing, and I think this is more revel- uh, relevant to the movie, is um, the International Space Station size of a football field up in space, one of humanity's greatest accomplishments, took over 40 separate shuttle flights to assemble. Mm -hmm. And years. Yeah, and years, 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 years. Uh, Hugo Drax um, built something way bigger, far more complicated. uh, And how many space shuttle flights would he have had to pull off without anybody noticing? Like, like you can't just launch things into space and Russia and and America doesn't notice, you know? Like, that shows up on shit.
3: Yeah. No, when they pull up and they're like, oh, a secret 200 meter wide space station. Like, no, 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 no. no. One, that thing is so big, you could see it with the naked eye. You would just look up and be like, holy fuck, that's a
0: space station. Like, Is that moon too? Yes, there's a new moon now. Um, the other thing that drove me crazy about the space station and we actually see why this is a bad idea is Hugo Drax has built this uh, giant villain layer in space with so much open space. You know what I mean? Just w- high roofs and all the rest. You don't want big open spaces when you're in orbit because you can get stuck in the middle of a room, right? Like if you have nothing to grab and push off of, if you're floating around in zero gravity, you need to be able to grab a wall to pull yourself along. Uh, yeah, you can't uh,
3: swim in air.
0: right. So there's there's a chance where, like, gravity fails in this and you're just like, oh, fuck, I'm stuck in the middle. I guess I got to wait till somebody, like, launches themselves off the other wall and, like, pushes me into a wall. Don't, <laughs> this is this, yeah. is, this is, this is my problem with the movie is.
2: <laughs> Honestly, my only problem was, re- like, just with those astronauts floating yeah. and shooting laser beams, I could not stop laughing. I am
3: convinced that, very image is what is in Donald Trump's head when he thought <laughs> space force. I think yes. that's what he thought yes. he was paying for.
2: Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Just little
3: spacemen going boop 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 boop. Also, the laser sound effect is really weird, and I've never been able to quite get my head around it. Of the boop 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 that is a weird choice.
0: And they introduced the idea of there being lasers in this movie so late, so oh, yeah. late. Because it, and it's just like. He shows up, James Bond is dressed like a cowboy. They do the yes! quick, they do the quick <laughs> which doesn't isn't necessary, doesn't play in anything. They no, do the quick no. thing where they've got the exploding bolas and you're like that seems like a James Bond gadget and then just beside him is a guy with the laser that you're going to see later. But this is like yeah. the last third of the movie that they're like <laughs> the plot doesn't have anything to do with Hugo Drax has moon lasers that he's going to shoot from space. It's just by the way, there's also lasers.
3: Yeah, and James Bond dressing as a cowboy is just a a beautiful non sequitur (laughs) out of nowhere. The movie's already been so crazy at this point. You don't really react, but you really should react to, because the way the movie works is um, he has been, him and Holly Goodhead have been captured and they are in the back of an ambulance and then there's a, a fight and a scuffle and James Bond falls out of the back of the ambulance and Dr. Goodhead is taken away and just the ambulance keeps going and he's like, oh shit, she's been captured cut James Bond dresses as a cowboy <laughs> riding across the plains <laughs> no explanation no reason just okay and i well, i'm off to the mon the, the mi6 monastery to, <laughs> to it, it, they don't address it money Penny, and m are there q <laughs> has shown up and they're just like yeah how you doing anyway the laser gun let's get to space quick yeah
2: Honestly, (laughs) at no point did I question whether a man or a woman wrote this movie. I was (laughs) like, a hot jar of jizz wrote this movie for sure. This is the most masculine. It is so – it goes – it, it it tries so hard to be manly. It's insane. There is like literally the scene where they're and even small shit like when they're talking about like when he's in what do they call like a G force machine? Like, I don't I, I don't know what that's called, Centrifuge, but I'm assuming that, I think. Okay, when he, they're in that machine, they're like okay, so yeah, the uh, the button that stops you from dying is called the chicken switch. And I was like, I don't know if we should call it that. Like, I feel like <laughs> just not wanting to die or pass out doesn't really make you a chicken. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, nine Gs is uh, uh, a hell of a lot. Um, and I, uh, sort of in that same vein is Jaws's girlfriend, who just comes out of nowhere, <laughs> yeah.
3: and rubble, she's just
0: literally rubble. Yeah, and she's just like this short, big-titted girl that he immediately falls in love with. Uh, I actually clocked her. Uh, I wrote down that she's a 1970s Harley Quinn uh, with the pigtails and everything like that. Oh like, yeah. See her? Yeah. See her yeah, yeah, yeah. You're playing a good Harley. Yeah, Quinn. that checks yeah. out. Yeah, but, like, why was those... she there? Wh- like, what? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think maybe she was the ticket taker for the gondola. I oh, I don't it... mean, like, why was she in that location? I mean, why is she in the movie?
1: <laughs>
0: like, why, why did Jaws, the henchman, get a romantic arc? Like, <laughs> I think because the people who make
3: these movies literally think of women as rewards that you get I... in movies. Oh, absolutely. And like, oh, everybody loves Jaws. Let's give him some candy, which is this woman. This, this sentient living woman. Jesus
2: Christ. <laughs> it's, yeah.
3: No, and uh, one thing I did, um, surprise, surprise, I massively overprepared. I read the novel Moonraker
2: for this. Oh, wow!
3: Uh, and it has nothing in common except for the villain's name is Drax. That is the only thing in common.
0: What's, what's the plot of the book? Have, have the
3: played. plot of the book is that the Moonraker is a missile. It's from 1954, so it's before any of the space race. So um, uh, the plot of the movie is <clears throat> James Bond is just hanging out at work, uh, and his boss calls him up and says, hey, this guy Drax, who plays Bridge at my club, is cheating. Do you Can you do a personal favor for me and come and cheat him to sh- teach him a lesson because we want to avoid a scandal? So then James Bond... Um, at the behest of his boss, goes to his boss's fancy card-playing club for rich fucks uh, and proceeds to eat an enormous meal of, like, smoked salmon and soul and, like, they describe everything he eats <laughs> while chain-smoking. Then he drinks two bottles of champagne and his secretary brings him an envelope of white powder, which is Benzedrine, so speed. So then he puts speed in his champagne so that he can be sharp to play uh, bridge, in front of his boss, like this is his stated open plan to his boss. Like, I'm gonna need to be drunk and wired out of my fucking mind to play this game, boss for you. So <laughs> it starts with that, and then slowly he discovers that James, that uh, um, Drax, who's making this Moonraker rocket, which is just a V2 rocket, the kind the Nazis made, it turns out that the uh, 30 former Nazis that he has building the rocket. Are current Nazis surprise?
0: And they're <laughs> did to blow change up from Forty-five to fifty-four. <laughs> yeah, uh, those <laughs> short nine years. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. And so that's that's the plot of it. And there is a uh, there's a, a lady spy in it as well. But um, Ian Fleming uh, was a chain smoking drunk misogynist, and that comes out in the writing james bond is just a version of him that can handle his high basically yeah. like they just cut out the parts where he wakes up in a pile of diarrhea and tears because that's what happens if you do this to your body um
0: well and and like you raise an interesting point there um we like james bond is kind of this very interesting thermometer for uh toxic masculinity um yeah and i i, I I, I'm a huge James Bond fan. You, you know that, Dave. Uh, oh, yeah. Listeners probably know that. I, I've spoken about it before. But I've always contended that what makes James Bond an interesting character is that he is not a nice guy. He is not somebody that you should want to emulate or or be like. Like, I've always looked at it as sort of, you know, the Roger Moore silly ones aside, as sort of like, yeah, you have to be a pretty fucked up guy to go around killing people as your job, right? Yeah. Um that,
3: that version of Bond, though, it, it doesn't make any sense for him to have 25 movies because, like, no, the, the person you describe as James Bond will be dead next week.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And that's, that's the point is he doesn't care about life he you know very flippant with it his own and others and you're like i'm not sure that makes for a good person and that's what i really like and that's certainly come out in a lot of the daniel craig stuff like oh he is not a nice guy and he is very broken um i think the alcoholism comes through a little bit more with daniel craig like vodka martini shaken not stirred is just like give me it right now it's not a classy drink uh you know it's uh it's 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 the classy way to get super drunk because it's all alcohol. Uh, You know, you drink three of those and you're fucked. Uh, So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's always interesting. But like, as I said off the top watching this, I'm like, Oh, James Bond has, has been updated, has been brought into the 21st century where like, even though he's, it is weird to say he's like a 21st century misogynist now. It's just like, I think what you have to kind of, I think that's the point of him is to interrogate that. In a sense, does that make sense? Or, or I am I taking yeah.
3: it? I don't think it can keep going unless it's aware of what the problem is. And yeah, time has not been kind to Ian Fleming's books. Um, <laughs> they are very clearly self-referential to him, and uh, like it, it's uh, it's about page four in Moonraker, but when the misogyny starts, um, the narrator of James Bond novels will very often take a sideline to do a few things. One, explain the rules of a card game. Like there's a whole, this book just assumes you know how to play bridge and it's fucking baffling because of it. <laughs> 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 like it just, uh, here, I actually cut this out. Um, so, uh, yeah, bridge is the cricket of card games. So it's super complicated. So this is a quote that <laughs> you're the- from the novel that you're supposed to know what's going on. M doubled Meyer in an innocuous, uh, in an incautious four spade bid, uh, and, uh, got him to two down vulnerable but on the next hand drax went out with a lay down three no trumps bond's win on the first rubber was wiped out and a bit more besides (laughs) what
0: (laughs) What?
2: yeah that doesn't sound like english like i don't know (laughs) that doesn't sound
0: like i don't read that and go this needs to be a movie (laughs) 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 give me exactly
3: give me 25 of those that's one thing Ian Fleming does as the narrator. The other thing is they'll just... Uh, a woman will come in and say something, and then the narrator will stop to just be misogynist for a few paragraphs. Of like, <laughs> here's the deal with fucking women.
1: Okay, so, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like
3: it's, uh,
0: Mr. Bond, <laughs> your table is ready. And let me tell you something about the opposite sex.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just completely out of nowhere. Um, also, in Moonraker, several times, he gets mad at... Um, uh, in 1946 after the war, uh, France banned prostitution for like the first time ever. They banned sex work and brothels. And there's like three instances in this book where James Bond is like, man, Paris used to be great when you could go to the body house. (laughs) He just like laments the loss (laughs) of all the Paris brothels. (laughs) Because he used to go all the time.
0: Uh. (laughs) Yeah. So this has been a weird episode of Villages, yeah. right? Where uh, neither the villain nor the hero are very good people. I guess that's, nope. an, that's I guess that's a combination we have not uh, tried yeah. yet. Uh,
3: no one is right. No uh, one, any one is other, right.
0: Any other quick thoughts on? Uh, Uh, james bond moonraker before we get to our heroes and villains
2: no they're both wrong but i would say drax is definitely way more wrong let's say that
0: i
3: I would
2: like to say that
3: (laughs) global genocide is very hard we yeah we
2: do not condone that on the villain was right
0: uh big big apologies (laughs) uh so it is time uh to give our definitive rankings of how good uh the villain is what do you got rebecca
2: i've got um Bad things to whisper before sex uh, (laughs) as my ranking for Drax. Um, So from uh, I found this wig to uh, my grandmother died in this bed, I'm going to give him a uh, I never learned how to wipe. Uh, Run, run, this is very bad, run, (laughs) run. For the love of God, this is the most. Yeah, you you are an evil, evil person. No,
0: <laughs> God, that's so specific. Uh, I hate it. Uh, how about you, Dave? Did you give a? Did you come up with a ranking for our villain?
3: Uh, yes. Um, so for me, I'm going to do the murder weapon contrivance scale. Hey. So <laughs> on the low end, a, a nearby stick. I think that's right. the least contrived murder mm-hmm. weapon. Yeah. Uh, and at the top end, uh, a tilty bit of floor next to a pool combined with the release of an overweight boa constructor. <laughs> um, <laughs> so between a nearby stick and that complicated machinery, I give Drax a Kendo henchman in the glass museum. Uh, it's creative and impressive, but ultimately doomed to fail. Um,
0: yeah, I like that. I, I like that a lot. So I, I went a little meta here, so like I apologize if you can't follow along, but I ranked Hugo Drex on the uh James Bond actor scale. Uh Ooh, so cool. on a scale from Sean Connery to Daniel Craig, uh I'm going to give Hugo Drax a Roger Moore. <laughs> 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 Uh, cause it's actually quite bad. Uh, but you forget about it because it's so terribly silly. Uh, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's my good, yeah. ranking of, uh, hero Drax there. And, uh, yeah, just guys, just before we get to our heroes and villains of the week, um, uh, real quickly, a couple ways that you can help out the podcast. So big news guys. Uh, we mentioned it on uh, our last couple episodes, but we now have merch. Oh my God. If there are things that you, uh, you think that we've said that are funny, uh, chances are they might be on a shirt. Uh, uh, and you can uh, check out our merchandise at uh dot from com. So that'll forge you to the T public store. We've got a buddy T shirt up there. Uh, we've got uh, <laughs> what else we got? Oh, we got a, a get your nerd dicks tucked into your waistband. We've got that yeah. for um, the people that work
2: from home, you know, <laughs> for
0: the people that work from home. And if you don't want to wear that on a shirt, uh, T public is really great. They allow you to put uh, stuff on pretty much anything, mugs. Uh, uh, stickers, face masks, even wear your masks, people, uh, and you can wear, get your nerd dick on a <laughs> on a mask. Uh, we also have film right logos and stuff like that. Uh, stickers you can get uh, all pretty cool. I've ordered a bunch myself because I am a uh, I am a narcissist. Uh, I got the Science Me Craig t-shirt, uh, which, uh, of course, I did. Uh, so you can check it out there. Um, as well, if you guys just want to get in touch with us, uh, you can hit us up at on Twitter at uh, VWR Podcast, uh, Facebook, Villain Was Right, or uh, you can email us with uh, movie suggestions, uh, villainwasright at gmail.com. And if you're looking for a little bit of extra content... As always,
2: you can hit us up on Patreon slash villainwasright. Um, we've got great, loose, Lu- Lu- bonus episodes well i call them lucy's you know what i mean they're they're the fun ones you find in your pocket so you get two of those a month if you sign up for our top tier and if you sign up now you get our whole back catalog so you can listen to everything that we put up to this point we get two bonus episodes a month if you want more voting rights if hey you want to kick us a buck do it i'm into it and um if you can't or you don't want to that's great. Thanks for listening. Anyway, you're here. You're you're, you're the best. You guys are uh, awesome fans. We love hearing from you. I get a lot of raccoon content from you guys that I'm super into. Uh, yeah, keep tweeting at us. Keep letting us know. You can tweet directly at me if you believe that, yes, it is horrible to die in space. And don't do that. You've convinced me, Twitter. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't fucking want it anymore. Good job, team. Oh, my God. That was a horrifying thread. Thank you very much. Very educational. We love it. And uh, now, as always, we are hitting up our uh, heroes and villains of the week. What do you got for us, Craig?
0: Yeah, so I got a real light one uh, this week. Um, I've actually saved this one for a while for this movie, um, which is we in Ontario uh, are in Canada. We are basically back to full on on lockdown right now. Uh, Uh, It's really, really uh, quite frustrating. I know everyone's feeling bad about it. So my villain of the week is Astronauts. Uh, my Villain of the Week is astronauts who give us advice how to handle social <laughs> isolation. Because I don't want to hear from you, astronauts, <laughs> about about how to work in space. It's like, like... Because do you realize astronauts are our best and brightest? You realize that? I don't want to have to hear from somebody uh, who is trained to work at the International Space Station. I get that you are working in isolation up there. I get that you are far away from your families and friends. But you're... You're the best of us. I can't hear advice on how to like be locked up in my two bedroom apartment from somebody who's in fucking space. You know what I mean? <laughs> or they're like, well, if you're feeling down, just maybe study the, the uh the, the, the control panel of the Soyuz spacecraft so you're better out. or learn Russian, because that always comes in handy. I was like, no, you are our best and brightest. I need advice from the dumbest, shittiest person out there handling this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my
3: so, right on that. Um, <laughs> advice from the greatest human beings on earth like, well, what I do is I get another PhD. I'm like, fuck, fuck
0: you. <laughs> I need a fourth one.
3: No, fuck
0: <laughs> up. It's like, would you try staring out the window? I did but it's not a hundred kilometers up in space. I'm not watching Spain whiz by under, my, under the gondola. Uh, I see the same shitty building. My view doesn't change constantly. Uh, anyway, that's, just, that's my very lighthearted villain of the week. Uh, Dave, what do you have for, uh, for us this week?
3: Um, well, my, my heroes have been more of, not, uh, yeah, more of, not of the week, but of uh, the whole not leaving my house since March thing um uh, you guys have both been to my place i'm very very lucky to have a balcony uh, mm-hmm, I, I a very a... nice
2: balcony so yes, nice it's... we we will watch uh movies for your podcast out there
3: yeah yeah i uh, i am and uh i didn't realize that it's the the greatest stroke of luck i've had since ever uh as soon as the thing hit i'm like oh my god thank god i have a place to sit that's outside that is safe and whatever um but what's happened is have you guys ever seen rear window the hitchcock movie <laughs> yeah That, I have...
0: (laughs) Actually, I think I saw Rear Window at your place for your podcast.
3: Yeah, I think... um, (laughs) So, that is what has happened, is that there is just a set of many little stories that I have... My neighbors are my heroes, because I have been the snoopiest motherfucker on my perch, watching various dramas unfold... And um, yeah, I can't explain them to you because they are very, very complicated, but uh, neighbor lady, um, there's an old, uh, the old lady two doors down who uh, sweeps up leaves one at a time with her cane and is in like this crazy Sisyphean cycle of fighting the leaves. Like that's been great to watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, my tree is full of raccoons, so I get to watch raccoons sneaking around and being fat and whatnot. Uh, yeah, no, my heroes are just the people in my direct line of sight who have kept <laughs> me sane more than I thought possible.
0: That's so, that's so wonderfully nice. Yeah, that that's very really nice wholesome. That's really that. great. Yeah, <laughs> that's a I,
2: perfect hero.
3: Yeah, my world is 100 feet in either direction, and uh, and I'm not minding it that much. Thank oh. God for medium density.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I've got a light one this week. I for for myself, I am my own. I'm a villain. I'm my own villain this week. I've I've done myself dirty, as Craig would say. I've done I've done myself dirty. I uh, okay. So I've been I, I've become one of these basic bitches in uh, quarantine. I've decided I'm going to be a basic bitch now. I learned how to sew. I bought a bunch of plants. I'm into it. Okay. I need hobbies. I need activities. And I realized, and I bought all these plants, like I bought too many plants, like way too many plants, because in my mind I was like, all right, well, we need something to do. We need to give something love. And the problem is, is that you can give plants too much love. Um, (laughs) I have, I. And we're gonna see over the next little bit, but I may have single-handedly killed every plant, big plants like like a monstera. I've got a Majesty palm. I've got some big ass plants in my house, and I may have killed all of them because um, I have been overwatering all of my plants. Apparently, I had no idea, and I didn't know they were supposed to be in specific pots and shit. I just kept them in whatever I got them in, and um, I have just been slowly killing my plants. So in in, in it's almost winter time here which is not when you're supposed to transfer plants. I had to go on a hunt to find terracotta pots, okay, that nobody sells in the city, apparently. I got laughed out of like six plant stores because they're like, nobody repots right now. What are you talking about? Um, And then I had to spend six hours. This is not an exaggeration. Six hours in my bathroom Covered in dirt, like a toddler, like a toddler you caught outside, covered head to toe in dirt, just ripping rotten roots off of plants to try and save them. I threw my back out. It was like, it was just one of the worst. I am such a fucking idiot. All of them had root rot, all of them. And if you know anything about root rot, it smells it smells bad. Okay, it does not smell good. So I was just locked in my mushroom smelling room bathroom. It took me and it took me and then an hour a full hour to clean the bathroom because I had to wash my floor 6 times to get all the dirt off. I really if guys, if one of these plants doesn't live, I'm going to be furious. I'm going to be so <laughs> mad. I'm going to be so fucking mad, dude. Anyway, so I am the villain of my of my own self this week <laughs>
0: <laughs> I felt oh. so bad for you there I dude like, six
2: hours six hours I'm not exaggerating like I threw my, like I, I had to lie down for the f- full next day I couldn't move
3: oh. okay I feel yeah no that is that is heartbreaking <laughs> <'Cause>,
2: <laughs> Like,
3: oh, no. <laughs>
2: I know. I just, I can't. I'm, like, attached to them now, like a plant lady. Like, I, I'm i like, no, they have to live. I love them. <laughs> that uh,
3: that process happened to me, but a little bit slower. Like, because I have the balcony, um, it went from, I think everybody did that who tried to grow plants, is realize that there's actually something to it. Oh like, yeah, it's like a whole every, thing. Everyone <laughs> has the same crazy hubris where you're like, leave it, it's fine. Yeah, And then... <laughs> And then three months later i think I think you've had this an experience that a ton of people have had, which is three six months later, you're on the internet, like, well, how does all of this matter? Like, yes. how, much, <laughs> how much water, what kind of water, how dry it is when you water again? Mm-hmm. Um, like all this shit that I never knew. I had to call my mom and tell her sorry, like okay i didn't I thought gardening was a, a lie you had to just go be outside for a while. You were doing shit, you were really <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah you had research, oh my God, I spent i think two hours watching youtube videos of how to remove root rot it was so intense (laughs) but now i know so much about root rot if anybody needs to message me i can throw you some advice i have covered it (laughs)
0: oh great well i think that does it uh for us this week on the podcast uh dave our wonderful guest dave where can people get in touch with you
3: any Uh, projects to
0: promote or anything like that (laughs)
3: Uh well I uh, I there's all of the back episodes from the before times of big gross movies uh, the podcast I did which was very very in person and we made the decision to not try and and ah. uh, and video it well you guys have both done it and uh, and a huge component of it is um, the vibe that we
0: watch the movie together yeah uh,
3: <laughs> yeah and that's very hard to recreate.
0: <laughs> Very fun though. Yeah, definitely go check out uh, Big Gross Movies. Uh, oh, so Meg's such uh, a good podcast. Uh, Meg McKay too has also been a uh, guest on the podcast before. So yeah.
3: Oh, bless Meg. Yeah, we 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 do a lot of <laughs> video calls and stuff. And oh god. But um, yeah. As for me, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Shit which is a terrible handle that I have never bothered to change. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, guys, definitely
2: go check out Dave's podcast. It is uh, it is just good, silly, fun, and you get to learn. There's always a learning component. You always learn oh, yeah. something off the top of the podcast, and it's great. And I don't know if you guys know this little side information. Dave always cooks a delicious meal for his guests when they come over. Delicious. Yum, yum, yum. yum miss yum, it yum. so much. <laughs> I legit, feel,
3: I legit considered a way to get you guys cookies. <laughs> I honestly was like, do I go? And then, But I don't know their addresses. Would it be weird to ask for their addresses so I could drive up in the morning with cookies? So yeah. I didn't do it. But You're such yeah. a good
2: cook. I, yeah. Um, and as always, guys, you can follow me at Rebecca Reads on any platform of your choosing.
0: Uh, Yeah, and you can uh, catch me at Craig Faye Comedy on Facebook, Twitter, as well as YouTube now. There's some uh, kind of best of uh, Villain Was Right out there uh, on on my channel. So you can hit that up at uh, Craig Faye Comedy. And uh, everybody, that is us uh, for uh, the podcast this week. Uh, Next week, we got some uh, really great episode uh, coming up for you. So watch our social media uh, for the announcement of what that's going to be. We're into December. um, And uh, until next time, uh, this is The Villain Was Right, reminding you not to mistreat your indestructible (laughs) henchmen. The Villain Was Right was produced by Andrew Rivamy for the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as YouTube series, web comics, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.